0: CHILD PSYCHOLOGY AND NONSENSE by G. K. CHESTERTON This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Chad Horner. In this age of child psychology, nobody pays any attention to the actual psychology of the child. All that seems to matter is the psychology of the psychologist, and the particular theory or train of thought that he is maintaining against another psychologist. Most of the art and literature now, magnificently manufactured for children, is not even honestly meant to please children. The artist would hardly condescend to make a baby laugh if nobody else laughed or even listened. These things are not meant to please the child. At best, they are meant to please the child lover. At the worst, they are experiments in scientific educational method beautiful wise and witty lyrics like those of stevenson's child's garden of verses will always remain a pure lively fountain of pleasure for grown-up people but the point of many of them is not only such that a child could not see it it is such that a child ought not to be allowed to see it the child that is not clean and neat with lots of toys and things to eat he is a naughty child i'm sure or else his dear papa is poor no child ought to understand the appalling abyss of that afterthought no child could understand without being a snob or a social reformer or something hideous the irony of that allusion to the inequalities and iniquities with which this wicked world has insulted the sacred dignity of fatherhood the child who could really smile at that line would be capable of sitting down immediately to write a guessing novel and then hanging himself on the nursery bedpost but neither stevenson or any stevensonian and i will claim to be a good stevensonian ever really dreamed of expecting a child to smile at the poem it was the poet who smiled at the child which is quite a different thing though possibly quite as beautiful in its way and that is the character of all this new nursery literature it has the legitimate and even honorable object of educating the adult in the appreciation of babies it is an excellent thing to teach men and women to take pleasure in children but it is a totally different thing from giving children pleasure now the old nursery rhymes were honestly directed to give children pleasure many of them have genuine elements of poetry but they are not primarily meant to be poetry because they are simply meant to be pleasure in this sense hey diddle diddle is something much more than an idol it is a masterpiece of psychology a classic and perfect model of education the lilt and jingle of it is exactly the sort that a baby can feel to be a tune and can turn into a dance the imagery of it is exactly what is wanted for the first movements of imagination when it experiments in incongruity for it is full of familiar objects in fantastic conjunction the child has seen a cow, and he has seen the moon but the notion of the one jumping over the other is probably new to him and is in the noblest word nonsensical cats and dogs and dishes and spoons are all his daily companions and even his friends but it gives him a sort of fresh surprise and happiness to think of their going on such a singular holiday he would simply learn nothing at all from our attempts to find a fine shade of humour in the political economy of the poor papa even if the poor papa were romantically occupied not in jumping over the moon but at least in shooting it of course there is much more than this in hey diddle diddle the cow jumping over the moon is not only a fancy very suitable to children it is a theme very worthy of poets the lunar adventure may appear to some as lunatic adventure but it is one round which the imagination of man has always revolved especially the imagination of romantic figures like Ariosto and Serrano di Bergeric. The notion that cattle might fly has received sublime imaginative treatment. The winged bull not only walks as if shaking the earth amid the ruins of Assyrian sculpture, but even wheeled and flamed in heaven as the apocalyptic symbol of Saint Luke, that which combines imagination so instinctive and ancient in a single fancy so simple and so clear is certainly not without the raw material of poetry and the general idea which is that of a sort of cosmic saturnalia or season when anything may happen is itself an idea that has haunted humanity in a hundred forms some of them exquisitely artistic forms it would be easy to justify a vast number of other nursery rhymes in the same vein of a more serious art criticism if i were asked to quote four lines which suffice to illustrate what has been called the imaginative reason when it rises almost to touch an unimaginative unreason for that point of contact his poetry i should be content to quote four lines that were in a picture book in my own nursery the man in the wilderness asked of me how many strawberries grow in the sea I answered him as i thought good as many red herrings as grow in the wood everything in that is poetical from the dark unearthly figure of the man of the desert with his mysterious riddles to the perfect blend of logic and vision which makes beautiful pictures even in proving them impossible but this artistic quality though present is not primary the primary purpose is the amusement of children and we are not amusing children we are amusing ourselves with children our fathers added a touch of beauty to all practical things so they introduced fine fantastic figures in capering and dancing rhythms which might be admired even by grown men into what they primarily and practically designed to be enjoyed by children but they did not always do this and they never thought mainly of doing it What they always did was to make fun fitted for the young, and what they never did was turn it into irony only intelligible to the old. A nursery rhyme was like a nursery table or a nursery cupboard, a thing constructed for a particular human purpose. They saw their aim clearly and they achieved it. They wrote utter nonsense and took care to make it utterly nonsensical, for there are two ways of dealing with nonsense in this world. One way is to put nonsense in the right place, as when people put nonsense into nursery rhymes. The other is to put nonsense in the wrong place, as when they put it into educational addresses, psychological criticisms, and complaints against nursery rhymes or other normal amusements of mankind. End of Child Psychology and Nonsense by G. K. Chesterton.